This episode of the Colton Culture Podcast is presented by Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest best source of premium, new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle and Portland shops, you'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. Real people offering real service. Use code ColtCulture10 to get 10% off at www.thunderroadguitars.com. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can now get an additional 30% off if you go to distrokid.com forward slash VIP forward slash Colt. That's distrokid.com forward slash VIP forward slash Colt. Or you can get it in the App Store. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. In the meantime, you can buy RX10 now, on sale, and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. Colton Culture listeners get 10% off by using the code FRET10. F-R-E-T-1-0, that's code FRET10 at isotope.com, I-Z-O-T-O-P-E.com. Fuck. All right, let's we're rolling. Rolling. Planet B presents 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 Cult and Culture Podcast. Welcome to episode sixteen of Cult and Culture. I'm Justin Pearson, and I'm Luke Hinshaw. This episode features a friend of ours, Heather Galipo. Um, originally, I I kind of figured out her stuff, you know, her work um, through her involvement in the band Egrets on Ergot. And yep. like when I when I say weird, I, I it's a that's like one of the best compliments. But that band is pretty weird, and they have no. It's one of those bands where you watch and you're like captivated, and there's no weak links, and it's all each individual player is pretty uh, on their I don't know like on their own le- like level just interesting and it, yeah. yeah um so she also started singing for a band called prissy whip which is mm-hmm. in the real legit weird realm of music and i already liked the band before she joined but once she joined it definitely you know propelled that into something it on its own just i don't know like bizarre <laughs> bizarre yeah. type no wave music and stuff um and we got to play with them yeah, yeah. and so yeah planet b did and so the thing is i feel like uh, obviously heather's who's also known as Crow Jane, which is her solo moniker, um, is pretty talented musically, but also uh, like as a performer, she, she puts on a show and that's, mm-hmm. I think, I think that's pretty important, especially when I can only imagine, and I can relate like to something like Prissy Whip where, where it's like, you know, in the realm of, of like, of what we do or, or something like, you know, the locust or something where it's not like very mainstream or commercial. And so mm-hmm. you have to kind of captivate people in some way that aren't you know that are yeah. kind of thrown off so um anyhow she's i think she's an awesome person awesome uh artist um and and multifaceted you know because she also does like makeup stuff for for film and tv and that's all also beyond me as well the the the, the level of of stuff that she does i mean if you if you look at it like on some of her social media posts yeah, there's like amazing people with like huge gashes and blood and you know or mm-hmm. aliens or whatever yeah. so anyhow i thought it'd be cool to get her on the podcast and dive into all the things that she's working on um also we were lucky enough to have her on uh, a Planet B track from the album that we're working on, upcoming album that we're working on. So it made sense. She made the trek down from LA. We 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 knocked out this podcast and recorded some vocals and dove into all kinds of stuff. Without further ado, enjoy yourselves or don't. Cool. So. I would like to ask you first about your musical resume because it's pretty eclectic and I don't know. I it, like okay cuz you tried out for Def Club and it was awesome, but I felt I wish you tried out now because now I think we're in a better place. <laughs> but when you tried out, I feel like you were your knowledge of of music was like it, like it, was, it seemed like your 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 playing was like very um I don't know, like almost like Sonic Youth or something, like very like effect, effecty, you know, kind of like, and and I don't know where you get your in- inspiration from or your influences from, you know, musically it, mm-hmm. on guitar. And I saw it in Egrets, like when you would play, like, whoa, this is the weirdest shit in the best way, because I love that band. Mm-hmm. But I, but I, I was, and also that's a, it's a pretty unique band in itself, in my opinion, because because of the sax and 
the instrumentation in the band. But I was wondering like where like what your jam is and what you grew up with to make you the guitar player that you are. And then we can talk about the vocal stuff later because the, yeah, the Percy Whip shit's pretty far out there too. <laughs> in the again in the best way. I mean, I that's the yeah. that's the stuff. So I don't know, like what got the how how did you become the guitarist that you are? Well, I mean, I don't think it's anything like as a kid that I was like listening to necessarily. I, like I've always loved the blues, and I think that that has some kind of like deep rooted inspiration in all of my music. But um, I think it was more so, and punk, of course, but, and and especially in the, on the punk side of things, that's like, like, I took some guitar lessons, but they were kind of whatever to me, and at the time, like, I wish, now I wish I, like, paid, cared more about it <laughs> yeah. than I did then, but, like, at that point in time, I think I just wanted to, I don't know, like, go mosh or something, sure, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, so... And with the guitar lessons, you know, you learn the most, like, basic shit, and there's rock and roll and stuff like that. And I knew, like, you know, power chords and uh, loved more, like, I feel like I'm, like, a feeling and an emotions-based musician than I am, like, a, a, like, mathematical music theory musician. So even, like, when I fuck with pedals, like, it's all, like, sensation and noise that I like a lot. And I think that when it comes to, like weird noises that I like a lot like I pull from like the residents I really liked the residents I was like a residence nerd and like tuxedo moon and stuff like mm-hmm. that are you familiar with mm-hmm. residents yep. um like off-putting weird music is and I just it was I feel like I just like I've always liked that so, uh so like t- finding melody and in, in sound not necessarily no, like the notation yeah and that's like why i have so many pedals and stuff like that too is like because i like to like like with bands that are my own personal projects i get kind of just bored with like you know playing power chords and things uh-huh. like that that i like foreseeably are just like the things to do and i feel like a lot of us like you me and friends that we have all sort of have this part in us that like to like how do we break the code Uh you know what i mean how do we not go by the grid and like and like bend the rules and do kind of weird shit to like keep it lively and uh interesting maybe for us and for other people too you know and Mm -hmm. there's like a whole clan of music nerds that also appreciate such things so you know with all the pedals i just want to like pitch shift and do things that are interesting and so the resonance is one and Roland S. Howard do you know who that is yeah of course yeah uh that's was another major guitar influence and it wasn't until playing in egrets at the time I was kind of playing guitar but not really and it was Adam actually the singer of egrets liked the fact that I didn't really play guitar all that much so he was like do you want to be the guitar player of this band? <laughs> and I was like, sure. So it has like the same sort of like germ story of like kids that, you know, a bunch of people that play music and they know a lot of music and they know about it, but they don't really know how to play their instruments, get in a room and sure. what do they do? Yeah. Which is kind of cool when you start that way because you're thinking outside of the box, I think. Not like a guitarist would think. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm tra- I'm trained for this instrument. This yeah. is how you have to do it. Yeah, like I just grad, I just walked out of MI and now I'm going to go be in a band, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like whenever I would see... <laughs> No offense to anyone that went to MI, but, like, whenever I would, like, <laughs> go see bands from, like, people from MI, I'd be like, this sucks, you know, <laughs> whatever, you it's tell. like, yeah, it's, like, too contrived, it's, yeah. you know what I mean, like. I wonder, like, if, you know, like, the world of John Zorn or something, like, where does that guy fit in, you know? Yeah. He, is, he, I think he is fucked up and also educated, you know, like, yeah. like, oh, you got both of them somehow. Yeah, like, that happens, and I think, like, usually what I feel like when that happens, it's, like, usually super genius like i even feel like eno does that you know yeah. what i mean like and and danny elfman and stuff it's like yeah. there there is and even daniel and egrets is a good example of that too because i think egrets kind of woke up this part of him that's like okay well how do we kind of fuck this up in a sense but he also has all this knowledge of like the grid and music theory mm. and, and and noise music and stuff like that so he'll he could break the mold but then he'll when you want to have the moments of like that that have more of like are more melodic or like fit into you know the grid or whatever like you 
you could have that too and then it's a good like mashup of it and so i feel like when he joined the band it like it, it kind of graduated to a new cool level where uh, before it was kind of like a, a beautiful mess weird and educated then yeah because yeah. i wonder if the people that get the the proper education of musicianship if they get it before they discover strange stuff or art or avant-garde stuff or whatever if they get the the education first then they're they're put off from that yeah, because you know, they they think like ultimately, like, oh, that's wrong, or like that's not the right way to do it. Yeah, for sure. I think it could be uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where like if you kind of started doing that, that is where you're comfortable. So it's almost like for me, if I'm jamming with like a bunch of people that are like really into music theory, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I'll just, like, want to feel it and do some <laughs> fucked up <laughs> yeah. weird shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Huh. Well, they're maybe like, what? Or even, like, when I record with Paul, what I notice is a lot of, like... Wait, Paul? Paul Rossler. Yeah, okay. Like, uh, he says a lot of the notes that I go to are either, like, the harmonic note or, like, the jazz note. Yeah. So he would always, like, kind of kiss my butt about it, which I was in the way that he was, like... <laughs> He was like, he calls them the Heather notes, uh-huh. but he loves it. Yeah. But he, and he's someone that comes from like being classically trained. Uh-huh. So, uh. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He's a classically trained pianist. Oh. And then, uh, but then he, you know, got like into punk rock yeah. and got to be in the Screamers yeah. and played synths. And I mean, his music now is is weird too you know like he likes to mess around with noise and stuff like that and like not have songs that are like you know the measures aren't super consistent and stuff so when he was talking about your delivery or whatever you were recording it was your vocal that it was that was weird or like just everything was weird not well everything but like i mean specifically like the heather notes come from like the guitar or like Uh, if i were to play keys on something or something like uh, that when you said paul i got confused because paul christensen from qui oh yeah he he um teaches music yeah he does i don't know why or how i mean i'm grateful that i got to do this because he was doing um vocal lessons i asked him if he'd teach me vocal lessons yeah i think it like had to do with with Dead Cross stuff because Patton, Mike Patton kept asking us to sing backups and I was like, fuck, man, I don't know how to, I don't know what I'm doing, you know? And so I went to Paul, the other Paul, and, 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 and it was crazy because I was like, okay, dude, I, like, if you played a note on a guitar, if I didn't see what you were playing, I probably wouldn't be able to call it out. I'd just be like, I don't know what that fucking sounds like. I mean, if I could try to find it on my own, yeah. but, but if you just played it, I wouldn't be like, you know, C sharp. Yeah. I would have no idea. So anyhow, he was... I don't know what I was singing to, but he but he had me sing to like um, I don't know like Beatles songs or something, and and he was and he was saying like you're you're finding like a and I and I, okay I'm not musically trained so maybe you could correct me, but he was he, and you probably know from recording me more and stuff too, but he was saying that I was always singing it like on a um like a fifth note or something, so it was like it wasn't like the obvious harmony, it was a little off, but it worked, and he was yeah. like you yeah. always do that, and he was like that's crazy, and I was like I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> but he was like kind of psyched on it because I think yeah. trained people just go like it has to be like yeah. this, and I was like I don't know it sounds cool like this other fucked up thing yeah. And, and so I wonder, like, the 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 order of how people learn things, because I all the greats, you know, you think about like again, like residents, like how do they come up with that, or like Ronaldo and Loaf, and you know, and then all, also too, I, I I wonder about like residents, like I feel like maybe a lot of it had to do with the the timing of things, because um, yeah, and this is no disrespect to the residents, but like at the time they kind of seemed like the the poor not poor man's version because i don't that means that they're not as good but like the literally like poor version of of like maybe devo yeah you know where they were just kind of like i had this junky gear and it sounds because if you listen to some of that resident stuff it sounds fucked up and weird and you're just like wow but that's also what created their own sound and and yeah so i wonder like for me and a lot of my friends like growing up kind of poor and not be able to have like really nice gear yeah. It's cool because then yeah. you end up making shit out of like broken stuff. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, like this, like Luke, all the shit you were telling me, like he would go to the swap meet for like DJing and stuff and like get like the broken records and the stuff that people <laughs> didn't want, you know, to like sample jacked up yeah. stuff for like yeah. the train That's people. That's I feel is with junky gear, you have to work through it yeah. as opposed to having everything perfect, you know. Like I am semi trained. 
but I only really use it to write myself out of holes. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, if I'm stuck on something, then I'll be like, oh, where's the ninth? Where's the seventh? Where? And then I can get gear myself out. But it starts with feeling, and then I just use the technical stuff if need be. Yeah, I relate um, to that for sure. So, but I hate if you, if, if you're gonna start a song with a math equation, then fuck off. Or, <laughs> or a structure, like yeah, you know, here's the chorus. You have to have a verse. You have to have the bridge. Yeah. You have to like, yeah. you don't have, to have shit. Yeah, you don't have to do. You can do whatever you want. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, I also relate to your Paul story. Like I feel like how you were with Paul and the story that you just recited is how I am with. Paul Rossler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that situation is like what happened, but with me and Paul Rossler. Yeah. And I also took vocal lessons from that Paul too. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he's cool as hell, and he was super, super chill. Cool. But I did go into it thinking like, because I've seen Quee, and I'm like, these guys are fucked. Like they know so mm-hmm. much shit. Like that guy. I mean, not that I need to feel intimidated, but like I am a little bit intim- musically intimidated. Like I don't know. Like I and I, and again, like maybe you're like this, and may- maybe you too, Luke. Where like I kind of just think like I like what I do and I like what I'm part of, but I also don't have the confidence that I'm like I'm not. I'm not. You know, some people are like my shit doesn't stink. I'm like I kind of think like I'm the weak link of this band, or like I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but whatever, it's fun, and that's why yeah. I do it. So when going in to work with Paul, I'm kind of like dude, you know all this shit. What am I doing? Like, And he's just like, well, that's crazy that you're doing this thing. And I'm like, what am I doing? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I relate to that too. And I, but I think that that's fun. And I think it does give you, like if you're, if you're poor and you can't afford all the nice things, I think it does give you, you might not see it at the time because you might feel like this sucks, <laughs> but yeah. it, gi- it does give you a certain cool, interesting personal element. And even like, do you know, Gaze X? Mm-hmm. He is the same way, you know what I mean? It's, like, interesting even if you do get technical in that way about it where you're, like, wiring electronics together to make it work for you, you know what I mean? Like, that's how cool, yeah. unique stuff happens. Or, or also, too, the maybe the poor thing, but also just the fact that, like, you know, like, broken gear can... Like, I can't afford a new thing. So, I mean, the Locusts would always do this shit where we we were dependent on line six pedals and so they they're crappy and they break all the time so we would go on tour and buy new ones and then fucking (laughs) gut them and switch the guts and return them but have the new working one you know Uh and it was like kind of weird how we would have this like we'd have to figure out a way to to survive and one of them was not buying stuff from guitar center (laughs) you know and then but then it was like by by for me personally like with my bass and stuff like by default i ended up thinking like uh, you know, these things are always breaking. I have to have a backup one in case, you know, because I can't get through the set without this pedal. So I had a backup one. And then by some weird random chance, I'm like, what if I ran one pedal into the same exact pedal again? I'm like, whoa, this is shit, some shit that like, I don't know if normal people would do. And yeah. then that became like a sound and people are like, what do you, how do you do that? And you're just yeah. like, oh, I did the wrong thing. Like <laughs> line six doesn't tell you to buy two of the same one and fucking run it. Or like Mick yeah. Barr, um, from Orthrome and I don't know if you know Mick Barr, but he's a guitar player that um, he would like run three metal zone pedals into yeah. each other. And you're like, that is <laughs> like kind of absurd. Yeah. Like one is bad, you know, <laughs> like three. And like, but you know, Orthrome. Yeah. And also too with Orthrome, it was like guitar and drums. So, so there was another other instruments like competing. So he kind of could dominate the way the sound of the guitar was run through three metal zone pedals it's just jacked up and like that's yeah. cool where a lot of people i think that are normal you know would frown upon that yeah I yeah, yeah. I, I, I like the fact that it's absurd yeah me too okay so your guitar stuff is obviously the, the weird shit but then your vocal stuff is pretty because you're i mean the way you sing is awesome but then you like go and sing in prissy whip which yeah. is like not the most normal band either musically yeah. speaking yeah well that's why i wanted to join prissy whip even yeah <laughs> Well, they re- they reached out to me, but um, like I, that's why I always liked that band, of course. You know what I mean? Because of the type of the way that they write songs and what the songs sound like, and it's like it's a totally unique band. So when they reached out to me, I was stoked, and I knew like that if I were to just go in there and like sing regularly, it might be weird. That might be a good weird, but it might be a bad weird. <laughs> And if I were to go in there and just turn it into, like, a hardcore band, that's also a little, like, seemed a little too on the nose for me. And and then they had past singers, so, like, I knew what they did, and I knew I wanted to do something a little different from what they did. 
and like Shane was very like like a like a talky singer, you uh-huh. know what I mean? And and kind of limited. And Gianna was pretty limited too, but she had these kind of cool like oh, parts, <laughs> which and so I picked a little bit from uh-huh. that because it's hard to like know. It's 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 a hard band to s- sing on top of actually. Because the structure and the sounds, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, when I, when we, like when I would see you play, I was like, where do you, where do you fit in? I, I the one thing I thought, <laughs> yeah. not where do you fit in, but the one thing I thought when, when, when I saw you play the first time I saw you play with them, I was like, how the fuck do you write these? Because li-? I, I do the previous singer was that what was her name? There was Shane and Gianna. I think it might have been Shane, but regardless, she did have this like kind of, kind of like talky. Yeah, yeah, thing. yeah. So when you when you did it, you approached it more like a like a vocalist would in a band. But I kept thinking like, how do you structurally know where to sing and then what yeah. to sing? And I was just like, wow, this is fucking bizarre in a great way, you know? Like, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, that's what makes it hard for sure. Like because... I was thinking, like I would fucking hate if they were like, all right, here's the new song and write lyrics. I'd be like, fuck that. Like, where do I start? You know? I mean, yeah. I already have that problem with normal <laughs> shit. You know? Like, where's the chorus? Where's the the verse? Yeah. Do you like? Do you find those in those songs? Like. This is the chorus? A little bit, but it, it's like, it's maybe to, sometimes it's more as opposed to like a chorus that repeats. It's like, this is like the kind of catchy pot that part that happens once or whatever. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, because yeah. they're, they'll have, and they purposely leave space, which is in for places vocals? for vocals uh, when they think about it. But if they were to just mm. like make the music on their own, it, it like, it could be an instrumental, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so sometimes even if they pick a melody like on guitar or the bass six and they think that that would be a a better vocal melody will like work towards that. If it like sticks out in this cool way, that would be cool on vocals as opposed to like guitar or whatever. But usually I'm just like finding the spots. And sometimes when I find the spots, it's in the empty space and sometimes it's following either the guitar or the bass or like maybe I'm matching the drums or something like that and I and I knew I wanted to incorporate sort of like a hardcore thing where it has some angst to it but I also wanted to like pick from like Nina Hagen Mm. and like something that and like suburban lawns like and something that where you could play with like an essential logic sort of like cool fun rhythm that has like a melody that you flow to but there's also like angst in it and then sometimes with the songs there's only so much space where it is like oh, okay I'm just gonna say a word here or the instruments are doing such cool stuff that I don't want to like just muddy it with a bunch of words mm-hmm. over it you know I gotta like let the instruments do its thing so it's almost like everybody's soloing all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I struggle with that with Def Club. I'm like, you guys are just soloing. This is fucking crazy. <laughs> uh, everybody. Yeah, so. sometimes. Although I feel like the new songs aren't aren't all like that. But yeah, it is like that sometimes. Which Egret's even had that sometimes. Like some there will be moments where it's like the drums are soloing, the bass soloing, yeah. the guitar soloing. <laughs> and then it's like, what's even happening right now? I don't know. Yeah, and I mean with Egret's it was always like the saxophone seems like a normal instrument to have in music, but it also is like off-putting, I think, to people. Um, maybe not like you or us or whatever, but like I do think that people look at the sax and they're like, "Well, this isn't rock or this isn't punk or uh-huh. you know, like this is I don't know whatever." But when but when I would the way that band approached it to me as a as a fan and a listen, as a listener, it it was. Um, I don't know. I don't want to compare all bands that had saxophones, but like the plot to blow up the Eiffel Tower, kind of the same thing. You're like, it wasn't really yeah. like saxophony for the fact that it's like, that's the person's job. It was also like a, kind of like a, and I don't, I also don't want to, you know, kind of diminish the importance of it, but it was, it wasn't ever, it wasn't like the priority or like the focal point of the, of the band where like yeah. normally a saxophone is going to be like, yeah, uh, like, like that's the thing. There's the yeah. sax, you know. Like here's the sax yeah. part. Yeah. 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 Sax solo or whatever, <laughs> you know. So yeah. I think it's cool that, and maybe that goes back to the way that people are approaching music in general, like into weird shit and noise and sounds that aren't, that aren't the educated ones. Yeah. I, I suppose. He would do like a, like pretty melodic sax part sometimes but i feel like a lot of the time it would just be like you know (laughs) it's like (laughs) thing like that's just like he had a broken saxophone for most of the band to be honest so because (laughs) it sounded nastier or like how was it broke 
I don't know specifically how it was broken. I think there was some notes or keys missing. Uh-huh. But, I mean, I think it was just, like... I know at a show once, he broke it, like, during a performance. And then I think he just didn't have money to fix it. Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of all the cool shit happens like that. <laughs> it, I think. I mean, not all the cool... But a lot of cool shit happens like that. Broken, yeah. broken stuff. Or, yeah. like, I remember every... Again, go, like, the Line 6 thing... They, they started making this, like, M13 or M16 pedal, and it was, like, basically, like, all of the different Line 6s in this big box. And everybody was kind of like, oh, shit, this is cool. And they'd ask, like, people that I worked with, you know, that had that, like, how do you do it? How do you do it? You know, and you're like, just sit down and fucking start doing some, see what sounds cool. Like, why do you need to be taught? Like, just grab it and, like, do whatever. It sounds good. Or do what's wrong. Like, make them all the same purple or same green. Like, yeah, don't do it like normal per- person stuff you know i think that's yeah i don't know to me all the greats even like in every kind of genre all the greats are like the weird ones like mm-hmm. oh we just did this strange thing yeah yeah i think it's like going back to the classically trained or it's like creative and technical yeah and those people who are very technical are very technical with music and not sound yeah and then those people that are more on the creative side are more creative with sound and like producing this piece rather than like having notes and notes and notes and notes all Uh, over the place yeah yeah so the people that need the pedals like i see it all the time like set it to this you know two o'clock and then this one nine o'clock and then they don't they they're gonna go and play all those jazz chords (laughs) yeah yeah and i'm guilty of that too yeah but they don't they can't grasp like original sound yeah so i think that those people that's why they're like tell us what to do yeah they need they're gonna do what you tell them to do but then they're gonna go make some math equation Mm -hmm. so maybe also too it's like when you're weird you 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 gravitate towards other weird people because I remember like st- when I first got the ability to work with producers I worked with Alex Newport and that guy's I don't know if you guys are familiar with Alex but he's I think he's brilliant and and we would record stuff like he recorded with the Locust and then I remember that was rad and so then I did this record Some Girls with him and I remember him like putting distortion on the drums and you're like what the fuck like we're paying all this money in like this really nice studio and you're just gonna add distortion to the drums and yeah. it's all like analog and shit is totally ridiculous. But I was like, oh, like it kind of makes sense that like I would do that, but not deliberately. I'd probably do it because I was like broke and we had to record and everything sounded distorted because it was like <laughs> shitty gear. But he has like yeah. really like we we're like in nice studios and then adding distortion. Like that's kind of <laughs> rad in itself. Yeah. Or it like I, I also too like working with Ross Robinson. I mean, he's produced some pretty weird stuff, but I remember like just watching him as a producer performing in a sense like like coming in and like just duct taping some shit together and you're just like try it now or like making like when headwind city played he made gabe play drums on the fucking laundry machine in his house you know and you're like why what's what's that like why are you playing the the laundry machine he's like just try this put the mic here and fucking drum on that you know where i think like most normal people i mean obviously like you said like brian Eno and stuff like that are like those people are on the level but the majority of people aren't yeah. able to just go like try ridiculousness or, yeah or what could conceivably be that uh-huh and then they just and then it just sucks <laughs> or it's like mediocre you know i don't know i mean it doesn't suck but maybe it's mediocre that's also the role of like the producer too like the producers like takes a band it's like oh these guys have great music and then they go and kind of shape the sound you know yeah. like the beatles you know yeah. they were all great writers and then george martin i'm sure it's like oh we're gonna put strings here we're gonna you know yeah. until they started well, he was he the one that was that made him do put the drums backwards. Was that was he like the first person that kind of discovered that? Because that was a weird thing too for that time and for mm-hmm. that style or that yeah. size of a band. Like, I'm, let's put I'm, backwards drums. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think at that point they started experimenting with a lot yeah. of stuff. Yeah, because I I do get I do I don't know how you feel about the Beatles, but I do kind of cringe when people are like, "Fuck the Beatles," or like, I mean, I don't know. I get it. I like later Beatles when they're on drugs and had mustaches and shit. Like they were, that was like the jam. Like that, yeah. was, they were doing like cool. If they would like have done Beatle all that, jams. what? I said I like some Beatle jams. I'm yeah. not like fuck the Beatles. There's some, some of the like really like uh, like the standards. You're just like whatever. It's, yeah. But when they started getting like weird, too poppy, uh, like skip, but the weird shit. The was weird the shit. Jam. Yeah. But I think like that had to happen for 
Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. whatever weird, you know, I don't know. Anyhow, what was I going to go? Where was I going with that? Uh, the producer thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm grateful for the people that I get to, to work with, even with Me Luke. Too. It's so rad. Like, I feel like, um, again, Ross, like when we went to work with Ross Robinson, I would I read all these things about how he's like really fucked up and made Robert Smith cry and all this shit. <laughs> oh no no, he made um the guy from Corn cry and he made Robert Smith throw his throw his candles at him and stuff. And I was like, this is gonna be wow. terrible. Like we're gonna fucking get in a fight, you know. Uh, and it was funny because I was expecting, you know, I was like, oh this guy's cool, and like we were recording in like day two or day three, and I was like, when's he gonna be a dick, you know? Like why he did all this fucked up shit to these people, and I was ready to go, you know, and and it wasn't happening. And then like one one time he came in and he stopped us and he was like comes up to Gabe and he's like what are you doing and I, and I was like oh here we go man you're gonna fucking go at Gabe and we're gonna all just start fighting like this is yeah. No fucking, camera on. yeah don't yell at Gabe right now you know and Gabe was like what like he was like whoa you're calling me out and he's like what are you doing he's like and he was you could tell Gabe was like trying to figure out where to go he was like what is this I don't understand what he's asking me and he, <laughs> and he, and he was he wasn't saying like what are you doing like why are you fucking up he was saying like let yourself fuck up like what are you doing just fuck it up like just fuck it up and don't get mad just fuck everything up yeah. and then and something beautiful will come of that and I'm just like who are you dude he's like kind of he's very woo woo and like you know and that that kind of shit and I yeah. think that really helps but it was crazy because I never expected that. I thought everyone would be like, we got to get this done. You're in the studio. You're paying. Like, we got to get it done by the books. Yeah. And he was just like, do whatever you want. That's or cool. Yell at you for having notes. Like, get your notes out of here. You know? <laughs> but I'm just glad I didn't have to throw my candles at him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe there's like, maybe it was something on their end. No, it, it was. I, mean? I asked him about those. I was like, so why yeah. weren't you a dick to us? And he goes, he was like, you guys are all like, I forgot the word he used, but basically he was like, you're. Not like seasoned, but he was like, you guys are all like, and not hard. I don't know what the word was, but like, you know, because I think with Robert Smith, he was saying like he was getting comfortable and, mm-hmm. he, and he was trying to push him to, to get out of the comfortable space to, to fucking write, you know, I don't know, boys don't cry or whatever, you know, yeah. like he was just like f- phoning it in. He's like, no, 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 no. Like, fuck you. Like, let me piss you off. You're Robert Smith. Give me yeah. the goods, you know? Yeah. And so with us, he was just like, you guys are already just like on that. You guys are already like raging and pissed and you know whatever whatever that's we were. Cool. He was like, "You just created this thing on your own." I was like, "Oh, that's pretty cool, I guess." Also, Robert Smith throwing candles is just really funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, the I think the the corn thing. He you know I was like, "Well, why'd you make that guy cry?" And he's like, "Dude, they were all on meth and shit like that, and you know they yeah. like signed to like." Whatever, like, they're like, like, I don't know, being like on meth and rich probably seems like a really bad combination. Like, <laughs> yeah, Let does. me try to make some music. I'm fucking super rich and fucked up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the po- weakest, dirtiest drug. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got money. Let's do this. <laughs> and not, and not make a record or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Plus, let's face it, like a lot of musicians are hard to deal with. I think maybe that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But why do you think that is? Maybe because we're all jacked up in some way, like <laughs> wired wrong or something? I don't know. I mean, I think there's a good uh, collection of humanity, uh, even outside of musicians that are, are just people that are seemingly, quote unquote, hard to deal with because of whatever they have going on in their lives. But like to be an artist, I think it turks takes a certain type of person you know what I mean like even Bowie had it's a good quote that he says about like why like people being artists he's like you have to be somewhat crazy to be an artist otherwise why wouldn't you just like do a job where you know it's gonna put bread on the table oh yeah like you have to be somewhat mm-hmm. kind of fucking crazy to like <laughs> dive into this world of doing a thing that's like not even or like it might not take care of you you know yeah. in your life yeah or what was the, I think like um forgot what weasel walter said but he was saying he's like i don't he's like i don't want to think of doing music for fun like i want to do it for survive you know like i don't think he said survival but kind of like that like yeah it's not like i do this for i mean it is fun i enjoy it but but there's something else happening where you like have to do it for for whatever reason you know to communicate or to expel or or to be a revolutionary or whatever whatever your angle is you know um for sure uh so that that is kind of an interesting yeah point like because you know you think about music like i'm gonna i want to jam i'm gonna i'm gonna jam because it's fun and i want to play music because like it's fun and i'm gonna make mo- make money it's like I, yeah. I never that was never my i never thought i would be i mean i'd still like i still don't make money and i and i and it and it isn't always fun but i have to do it yeah whatever it is i think it's because like 
maybe it is because we're wired weird or something, you know, and not even a musician. It's again, artist, because I do think like there's a bigger picture. It is, it is broader than just musicianship. It's all kinds of strange folks that create stuff artistically. Yeah. I think there, there is something that like, it gives you like for me, particularly like when I started to do more of like makeup stuff because that's what like gives me money and like I'm able to get things that I want in life in a material sense from that job which is still artistic and it gives me something to like I get something from that artistically as well but there's something like I could tell with music that is different like and it and I lack something when I'm just doing makeup stuff like I can like cut loose of everything when I'm doing music like especially if I'm on stage I could like act like the craziest part of myself (laughs) which I've seen you do (laughs) (laughs) which I have somewhere in me like that I don't let out anywhere else in the world because I'll be like reserved or whatever it is well when you're doing I mean, you're the one, but like, mm-hmm. obviously when you're performing, it's a performance. When you're doing makeup, yeah. you're trying to, it's like, it's like almost like the rehearsal room or the recording studio. You're, you're, yeah. you're making the, 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 the canvas. Happen. Yeah. Like you're making something yeah. and you're also around people that you can't just be like, you're around people that you have to kind of be professional in front of, you know <laughs> sure. what I mean? Like... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but with, but with musicians are like playing music, you're, it's a performance. So you, you are being theatrical and it is a thing. Yeah. Where. Yeah. And it's a cool thing that you could tap into that I can't necessarily tap into anywhere else. You know what I mean? And it's like a good release, mm. like a, a release of all like built up shit. Yeah. And I mean, like let's, we live in a society that's like, like it's no wonder why people have so much fucking anxiety because it's like, look at the world. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I go into a deprivation tank sometimes. Oh, nice. And when you get out of those, like what I notice is just like how maddening everything is Mm -hmm. like you you're deprived of things for like a few hours like there's no sound Mm -hmm. you have feelings from like the water and floating or whatever you know what i mean but you're deprived of a lot of sensory things so when you when i go back out into the world like i went to a a grocery store one time right when i got out and it was just you hear there was someone like outside like yelling about trump and then there's like ching 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 like cash register sounds and all these people talking and everyone everything's moving fast everyone has somewhere to go people are like rude to the other person and blah 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 and it's like no wonder everyone has like crippling anxiety for the most part they have to like do things to like work through feeling anxious and like depressed and shit because it's like you live in this place that's so wired in this like way where if I feel like if you have something that you could tap into that's like an escape from that and also like um like I have all these feelings and resentments towards fucking so-and-so but I can't necessarily tell them to their face because then I'd be an ass but I can write a song about it (laughs) and yell about it and no one knows that this Uh is like where it's spawning from but it's like a good like I could release that emotion through it you know so I don't know. I don't know how we started talking about well, this, but I, I love music <laughs> for that fucking reason. But the, but the okay, so you do makeup. Can you explain? Because it's, I mean, to I guess people hearing this are probably like, what make like, like yeah. makeup? What I mean, because some of the shit I've seen is like next level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like special effects. You mean yeah. special effects makeup? Yeah, yeah. like a uh, prosthetics makeup and. Uh, is what it's in special effects makeup. And then along with, like, beauty makeup, like, I do all of that. But uh, when you do it for a living, you're doing it to create whatever characters are written in Mm. whatever stories for whatever show or movie that it is. So, you know, if you have an an alien-based story and you got to make the aliens, um, and so you create the... What those species might look like and then you make the prosthetics and they hire creature actors or just actors and actresses but creature actors are like a specifically cool type of human they're like the most like meditative cool people to work with and like the way that they like move their body and like study how Mm -hmm. like how do I like I'm a a human thing but I'm also a a type of animal thing and like how would an alien move I don't know you Mm -hmm. know what I mean you have to like Mm -hmm. it's kind of a cool creative thing to like make up um and then we you know create the looks of them oh so you so it's not like someone's like here's the sketch of what this person needs to look like draw the or make this sometimes 
It depends. But sometimes you can just be like, I'm going to create some fucked up thing. And yeah. yeah. Like sometimes you have creative reign or you have writers or directors that have already thought about it a little bit. So, so you and then you just like create it together. So maybe it's like going and being a hired gun in a studio, play my song or create the song for me. Right. I guess yeah. is that how we can equate it. Yeah. Do they let you, I mean, if it was for a show or a movie or anything, do they let you uh, read the script? Yeah. And kind of be like, go with what you feel. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's rad. Can you yeah. can you impress us with something? <laughs> well, <laughs> you, know, you, you know, you talked about like some of the stuff you can't talk about. You know, yeah. so I don't want to bring up the one thing that you told me earlier, which I was very impressed. But there's something <laughs> of that level where I'm like, what the fuck that we could talk about? Uh, yeah, like I helped because it's been released. I could talk about it. It's, I helped with like you know those American Horror Story promos, mm-hmm. like the billboards and stuff like that with the aliens, the alien and like the it's like a vampire type of character and there's there's one of them like making out with like with a pill there's like a pill involved oh, in, the, on their tongues uh, that was and... um up across the gas station oh. over here i believe oh that was that with the pill yeah yeah i helped with what those fuck? yeah so like i helped i was mostly on vampire duty like the pale people <laughs> uh-huh. but and then they had like a separate section of the people that were doing the aliens uh, but you know, when I was done with the vampires, because the aliens took so long, because a lot of them were full body, I'd go help with the aliens too. But um, I think I could talk about that. I already did, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but no one listens to our podcast. <laughs> whatever. Just like so those serious. those yeah. people, like the people that hired me, definitely aren't listening okay. to this. You know what I mean? But I mean, it's already over. It's already out. Yeah. And you know, it's like I wasn't like the department head on it, but I. I was helping create all those looks. I didn't design the looks, but I applied them. So, but that was a really cool project to be a part of because it's cool to see your work everywhere mm-hmm. when you're fucking driving around. You yeah. know what I mean? On a huge fucking billboard yeah. and you're like, hell yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it's, it's prosthetic work too. So it's not just like making a pretty face, you know, it's like these, these aliens that were really cool looking and like, um, I mean, those jobs can be intense, like, uh, that job particularly because it's, like, print mixed with also sort of, like, union media stuff, but because it was, like, a combination of the both, it was, like, set up in this way where you're working to just get everything done, and there's so much content that needed to get done that we were there for really long hours. Like, Uh I'd get out, I'd get there at 6 a.m. 6 a.m. was always call time, and sometimes I'd get out at, like, 2 a.m. and have to be back at 6 a.m. So on top of, like, you're making this, you're making these aliens and creatures and stuff that you have to look fucking amazing because it's, like, it's huge fucking (laughs) project. It's a big deal. Lots of people love it. You know what I mean? You're, like, delusional, (laughs) like, on a lack of sleep, like, trying to drink caffeine to like keep you alive but but that would be like uh i I don't know correct me if i'm wrong but i feel my my like you know normal people jobs that i've had it's like oh i'm gonna fucking cashier at this co-op this you know and deal with people like i can't like still just even though you had like jacked up hours and you were losing your shit you still like were able to kind of be creative and be around creative people where i felt like i'm like yeah i don't know or i I guess I understand in a, in a sense. Like my my last like job job was at this gay club, and I was a bar back, and it was it's that part was life sucking. You know, like I fucking hate like hanging out at bars and hearing like EDM for you know the entire time, just shit music. But it was like the absurdity was what kind of kept me there. You know, obviously yeah. getting paid in cash was cool too, but the absurdity was like, oh, these are weirdos too, and like I can kind of get through my shift because it's. It makes me. I was inspired, you know, and where where I think like most people have job jobs where they're just like where it's just life sucking, you know, and you're like, this yeah, sucks. it's true. I'm 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 grateful for where I am with like all my creative type of jobs, and I'm grateful to be paid like money now that I could live off of for a creative job. It's 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 a lucky spot to be in. Like they, you know, they all have things that come with them that are negative. You know, it's like the the types of people that are in the industry it can be um pretty ugly like total jerks right like just freaking yeah. out yeah yeah and just like like it could just be dark and heavy like yeah. the way that and the way that people can treat you and like the when there's more money involved and stuff and prestige like it can and things are kind of competitive like people get really ugly towards each other and oh. when you see that and you're just like oh man this sucks you yeah know? 
But there's always like a group of people that are don't like that and they're aware of it and they know it. And I feel like those people kind of gravitate or, and find each other. And then you luck out when you get into a place where you're doing something that you love that's really creative. You're making money and you're around a bunch of cool people. That's like that's the jackpot, you know, but you have to sift through all the crap in order to, to find it. And I don't even, I've, I have found it a bit, but like, because I'm at, I just got into the union like a few years ago. I think it's been like three, maybe four now. So I'm still like finding my people in a sense, you know what I mean? There's still a lot of like, uh, not so friendly people that I have to deal with. You know, do the two worlds ever collide? Like, do people like when, I don't know when you're working on American Horror Story, they're like, "Wait, you play in this band?" Like, what yeah, the fuck? actually, which is always really cool. Well, uh, there's a lot of musicians that are makeup artists, uh-huh. actually, like uh-huh. people that used to be in big bands that uh-huh. are makeup artists, uh-huh. and then uh, like effects artists especially. And then I've been on set sometimes where people recognize me from music, which oh, is yeah. cool. And um, and it, you're just around a lot of artists that like are musicians too, or like that that like music so when you tell them like oh i'm a musician too they'll be like whoa and then they'll support you and like buy your stuff and Mm. you know so and it's one of my like dreams to get some of my music in films and like i would even like to write a score at Mm. some point in my life you know like so it would be cool if if one day it collided that way too where it's like you know i i did i helped with makeup on a show but my one of my songs is also like the intro you know what i mean for like the the uh like the beginning of the show you know yeah yeah that's the jam yeah getting that spot yeah yeah it's cool i, I would love to do that who are the worst jerks like <laughs> the directors the producers actors i think it it varies <laughs> it's like sometimes sometimes it could be the actors but like most of the time i feel like most actors and actresses that i've met have been pretty cool Um, and usually they're like dealing with their own thing that they got going on you know what I mean and they're kind of like in their head a little bit and you're just like like the makeup room could be kind of like it's also like the therapy room you know where they're like complaining about everyone else on set yeah. or like you know but um almost like a hairstylist like when you go get your hair cut you yeah, just talk yeah. shit all the time <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but I definitely have worked with some shitty directors and shitty producers that like take total advantage of people to to save money foreseeably or uh just like directors that talk to people like um like the in the industry they call it like below the line like they talk to you like you're just a worker you Mm -hmm. know like you aren't anywhere near them like you're beneath them sort of like condescending like talk to you in that type of way but there's also really cool people out there that, like, they know that the, what they're creating wouldn't happen if it wasn't for the whole team. So they treat everyone mm-hmm. with respect, too. So, but, you know, every and everyone has different personalities. So, but sometimes, like, I have compassion for directors because when you're the director of something and you have a crew of people and it it might feel like nobody really gives a fuck about your project and they're just showing up to get a paycheck and like they're all fucking off and eating snacks and you're like trying to create a thing and you need to like you might feel like you need to be like the stern person that like keeps the ship running to like create this thing that you have pressure on you from producers in order to for it to be amazing or whatever you know what i mean like i feel compassion for that but maybe you have maybe you have a different perspective too because because like being a musician and working on a different level and also also working on a level that's like you're not the director of a band you know you're in a band which is you know conceivably you're all equals so you're like we have to work as a unit so like maybe that applies to other things yeah because i I do wonder about that like Mm -hmm. our knowledge of working with other people in other parts of life like it's like being in you know being in a band's like being in a relationship with four people you know you have to all get along really well so apply it to whatever other part of life and maybe it works yeah better for you maybe you're more able to navigate better than someone else yeah i think there is something cool too with like when you're making music with people there's kind of like a rawness there like you have to kind of like get into this place of i don't know maybe you have to get comfortable real quick or something because you're like doing this thing that could be like slightly embarrassing you know like and you have to like <laughs> and like put your feelings out there and shit like that like there's a it's making music with people in that relationship that happens with music it's like it's a really cool special thing that i feel like when in comparing it with like some people in in the industry it it could feel more surface level 
like in the film industry and a little bit more like the music world has this element of fakeness to it too or it could but i feel like it's like kind of times 10 in the film industry Mm. (laughs) with some people you know um because people like try really hard to like be a certain way or seem a certain way or look a certain way in order to like achieve more you know and they're just like really like it's it's an as much as like music can be an addiction in a way there's also like it's the same thing in the film industry where people get really addicted to like climbing the ladder and like social Mm -hmm. climbing and like they want to get when you get like a taste of the big jobs Mm -hmm. like they're like oh i have you know i just worked on fucking predator and like you want to fucking tell everyone and be like yeah you know what i mean Uh like you stick your nose up at people be like oh yeah i worked on predator you know and then you like want like the next fucking big thing and then like and like i said like some people will just tear other people down in Uh order to even get that well i mean i wonder too like about if you can equate film and music because there's things like a good example would be well, you know, people that don't get it. Okay, so like, I'll, I'll tell someone, you know, like the smell. Everyone's like, "What? You're playing a place called the smell," <laughs> and you're like, "You don't understand. Like that place is the nothing. Like that energy that happens there happens nowhere else. You know, it happens uh-huh. at, like the smells of like like the Che in San Diego or or like, yeah, like you know Gilman like Street like or DIY, whatever. Yeah, like, but like yeah. you don't get it. You know, and that's fine. But like, there's something that happens that you can't manufacture, and yeah. I think that that's important. And I wonder, because some people would never even, like, you know, like, a musician wouldn't even, I'm not going to play there, like, you know, whatever, or whatever, you know, like, I'm not going to yeah. play a junkie, fuck, or house show, like, fuck. There's people that, like, have never played house shows, I'm like, dude, yeah. that's the craziest shit. Yeah, it's, like, one of the better things to play. I, I mean, I mean <laughs> again, or, or, you know, like, a good example, we were talking earlier about the, the L.A. River shows, like, I, I was <laughs> I was with my my grandmother and my aunt and uncle last week, and I was like, oh, I got to go home back to San Diego because I'm, I'm playing a show. And I'm like, I probably shouldn't even tell them this. You know? <laughs> I'm like, I'm playing a show in the L.A. River. And they're like, what? <laughs> you know, and, and, they're, and they're always like, well, is it how are you getting paid a lot? I'm like, oh, it's free. Like, yeah. you know, and they can't understand why you're doing it. And you're like, no, yeah. it's something there's a bigger picture to it. You know, yeah. and I, I, I'm assuming that happens in film. I mean, there are there are like the DIY el- elements of yeah. film. Yeah. But maybe on a different level. I mean, you think about like the start of what John Waters did or something that seemed like very punk rock. You know? Yeah, and, of course. And, and yeah. DIY or or trauma or what, you know, like those kind of film houses or, or, yeah. or whatever they're called, you know? Yeah. Um, so do you see them as the same sort of? Yeah, I mean, I there like that does exist in the film world for sure. It happens more in like uh, the non-union world, I think. Like you know, and that and sometimes that has like a good like I was I spent a month in the Arctic on a film, Whoa. and it wasn't like a a big time union film, but it was like um, a a director and producer that I really liked as people and you know they wanted to it was a beautiful place in the world that I would never go to on my own that I got to see and it had like great production value because it was an abandoned coal mine and uh it was a cool like thriller story you know and these are just like creative people that like want to get together with other cool creative people on an adventure and do this thing in the middle of the fucking arctic for a month Mm -hmm. you know yeah so, and and when you're a part of something like that, it has its difficulties and stuff. And, like, yeah, everyone, like, wants to get paid, you know? But, like, I even did that for not that much money. Like, not yeah. barely what I'm making now, but I did it for the adventure, you know? Fuck yeah. So that's that still exists. And, you know, some artists are cool with that and other artists are like fuck no like if i'm gonna spend a month in the middle of the arctic you better like pay me big time you know what i mean which i understand <laughs> yeah. too but i mean i'll probably go to the arctic for free you know? <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna take me there like i'll go and, like, i'll do the work i'll learn how to do makeup yeah <laughs> yeah. It's a book. yeah yeah it was cool there's like you couldn't walk around anywhere without having like a a Russian local with a shotgun follow you because of polar bears and stuff oh, uh, <laughs> wow yeah yeah, it was a cool experience. Like, I'm super glad I experienced that. And then, and then at some point, do you ever be like, hey, "Let me score this," or take out, t- check out my band and put it on the soundtrack or something? Yeah. Can you like I I wrote that that trip particularly was so inspiring that I wrote a song about it. Like while I was there, there's also not much to do when you weren't working. Like mm. we didn't have internet, TVs, 
anything. So they like, I forget how it happened, but at one point in time on a boat, they shipped in a guitar and I got to play it. Because uh, um. <laughs> at one point I reached kind of a maddening point of like, fuck, does anyone have like cards or a fucking <laughs> board game? Like yeah. I don't drink or anything. Uh-huh. And that was the only thing they were doing if we weren't working, oh, you know? Yeah. So it was like, uh, so I, anyway, I was writing music there and um and i wrote a song like inspired by the place that i was in and the experience and i did i sent it to like the the director and the producers and stuff like that and and they liked it but they went like a different way with oh, yeah. like with the film they went like a different way with the music and they hit me up about it once like hey is this song done or when will it be done and Whoa. and uh the person that I was making the song with at the time, um, I told him, like, hey, they're interested. We should finish it, yeah. you know? But he was, like, that has its own story to it. Okay. And he just, like, was doing his own thing and I think didn't want to finish it. Yeah. So it just never got finished. But, you know, and that yeah. might work out one day for me. Like, there might be a situation where they like my music and they and they take it, you know, which would be really cool. You, but, have, you have to be, like, open to, to even putting it out there right i mean i i guess like hey check this out i mean that seems weird like i always hate trying to like sell myself i guess you know like hey yeah. you listen to my band <laughs> it just seems a little desperate you know yeah i know i mean because luke and i sc- helped score part of this a film and i was i was that i was that i was in and i was acting in it and the, i would never have felt comfortable but one of the people i forgot what he did it he, he i forgot what his his job was and i feel bad dis- like i don't want to disrespect like the industry but like he was he he did something <laughs> you know he wasn't the director or whatever yeah. but he was like and it was the craziest thing because out of all the stuff he could have like recognized me for he was like oh you were in this band struggle and i was like when i was 15 you know like what uh-huh. you know and and in 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 everybody was kind of like oh you're in a band and like that presented itself and then so i felt comfortable saying like hey can my friend and i take a stab at scoring the film and we got to score part of it you know but oh, cool. if that wouldn't have happened i probably would never have felt like it would never have come up the topic of of it yeah you know, in front of everybody and it, it was like yeah a thing yeah so, so um yeah it's kind of a like my my label that i'm on now with my solo stuff like one of the people there kind of threw in the idea of like, can you take CDs with you to set and like give them out oh, to people? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But it feels <laughs> so like yeah, on like car, used car salesman. Yeah, that's a label trying to. I know, but it makes working. sense. Yeah, like totally. fuck. Yeah, and I, I just don't think like on some of the bigger sets that I'm on now, I just don't think I could do that. Yeah, yeah, it's like I think it'll present itself eventually if it's something that you want. Yeah. Go make friends with the music supervisor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the jam. And I mean, the label that I'm on, like, it's that we have like someone that sends our music to the like a publishing, yeah. like mu- music supervisors and stuff. So maybe yeah. that will work out on its own, you know, yeah. without me having to do anything. That would be cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when you develop relationships with producers and directors and stuff like that, like you know that that has its own opportunity to open doors for that too. So yeah, yeah we'll see. It's funny when the doors are open and you're like, and it's the opposite. You're like, I don't want to be in your, like, (laughs) I don't want to mention the person that hit me up, but I was like, dude, I cannot have a song in your movie. It is not, it's like super offensive. Like, there's no way. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The one opportunity you get is for like, you're like, really? You're calling me about this? And I'm like, your movie's called what? And it's about what? And I'm like, there's no fucking way. There's no way. But I guess that's, it's still cool that, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool, too, when you think about some of the films that, like, musicians have been in. Like, there's, like, of course, the ones with, like, Tom Waits and Iggy Pop and stuff like that. But even, like, uh, like the birthday party, you know, in, like, Wings of Desire and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like, there is a cool relationship between film and music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course. Also, too, I think, like, the musicians are t- are inherently performers, so they, sh- they hope they should be able to, they might be able to articulate in a, in that sense. Yeah. I remember, like, like when I was acting, yeah, when I was yeah. acting, and they're like, you know, do this thing, like, smash this thing, and, like, cry, and I was like, I mean, it was hard to cry, but, like, um, it was really easy to, like, break shit, and, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. and they're like, oh, you're bleeding, I'm like, it's cool, like, I just, I'll be fine, but I, I wanted to break it and make it seem legit, you know? And they're like, yeah, but you're bleeding. And I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't matter. You got it on film. It's great. <laughs> We're good. Let's move on, you know? Yeah. Or, or like, working with someone on that side of, of film, it's kind of like music where you're like, they're like, that was great. And you're like, no, I could do that better. What the hell are you talking about? Let me try that again. Uh-huh. Or, like, if you do a take or a vocal take and you're like, no, no, no that was shitty. 
Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like when Luke and I are recording, and I'll I'll do a vocal take, and I'll be I'll question it, but I can see his body language, and I'm like, oh, somehow I did that right, because he, he seems like he's into it. <laughs> Normally, I would be like, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> but people hear it differently or see it differently. Yeah. I suppose. Um, cool. Do you want to like um, mention anything, or what do you got going on, or like how? I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, we'll obviously talk about like the stuff you're you're doing and your relevant projects. But like, what's I don't know. You always have you always have crazy, strange stuff happening. So what's next for you? I mean, you're I don't want to say post pandemic because we're still in the pandemic, but it seems like you're gearing up for at least the new Prissy Whip record. You said. Yeah, yeah. Prissy Whip is writing new songs um, that I'm really stoked on. And if everything with COVID, like if venues are still open, you know, hopefully there'll be more shows in the future. But um, even like what I was talking to you about earlier with like releasing my solo project and doing a show for that, like a release show for that. I, I really want that to happen because I have so many what I think are cool ideas to achieve it and stuff that I feel like isn't. Um, isn't happening a lot, like, in our particular, like, scene or whatever it is you want to call it. Um, and I don't know, it, it might be for, like, the sort of punkier people that are, like, into the things that I do, it might throw them off a bit. <laughs> but I don't really care because they're, I'm just, like, way more open-minded of a musician than, like, you know, only doing like punk or hardcore you know what I mean like there's so much more music that I like and appreciate so like I'm really looking forward to doing a release show with my solo stuff and putting on like a fucking show um and like I was mentioning to you like in incorporating like choirs and Mm. and like charities and 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 messing around with the instrumentation because a lot of the stuff that I did on my solo album was like me experimenting with like foreign objects as as instruments so now that it's becoming a thing where it's a live show it's like how do I are they samples or are we what what actual instruments are we going to use or like and I even want like with the drummer who's going to be doing live drums, he's going to have samples too, and he's really great at that, which is cool. And I even want some songs to have, like, like fucking tribal bongo, like, drum beats, you know, like a line of drummers, with just mm. because there's so much percussion in it that just, like, make the percussion sound really big and alive. And, like, if you were to have that and, like, a fucking choir and just, like, the shit, it just sounds, oh, yeah. like, so... Has so much cool energy, and I hope it happens and exists. Uh... But I, I don't know how, you know, easy it's like when you get more and more people involved, like the harder it can be because it's like wrangling cats. Yeah. Or also like paying a choir. Yeah, if like, people want to get paid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's one thing that like, your other four bandmates or three bandmates, you're like, we're not getting paid, okay? We're going to do this. And like, <laughs> like, hey, you just paid the choir? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you know you're not going to make any money with that, right? You'll, no. You'll if anything, it would be like an investment and probably a loss. Yeah, yeah. But, but just because I want to have, like, the experience. Sure. If I can make yeah. it cool, I would do it, you know? Go to a college. Find, like, the college choir. They'll probably do it for free. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I started to look into, like, charity-based um, choirs and then making it a benefit show. Like, mm. giving, paying them, and then also they get, like, the profits. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of cool ones that exist that, you know, are doing a lot with just helping people. So it would be cool to incorporate that. And But there's also a choir that I found in L.A. Uh, that, like, plays with local bands. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. So I asked them if they wanted to do it, and then we'll see what they say. But And then also, if that doesn't work out, like, if I could get, like, a line of, like, I know so many singers and yeah. that are friends that maybe they would just want to do it, you know? Yeah. But there's a lot of, like, like vocal... Like, sometimes the vocals are the percussive element, mm-hmm. so it would be really cool if that was happening live with actual people. Like, uh, there's a song that's just like, that's happening throughout, like, the whole time. Mm-hmm. And if that was happening live with actual voices, I think uh, it could be really fucking cool, yeah. Yeah. as opposed to, like just me and two other people and like a mm-hmm. laptop or whatever yeah. you know which is fine too and will probably happen sometimes like if i'm realistically gonna play this yeah. show at the smell numerous times yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can't have this whole fucking production you yeah. know what i mean but because it's like my i don't know my first time like being 
solo and it's my mm. project and it's the release and it's the first time people see it. Like I want it to be like a, whoa, like a cool deal, you know? So I hope that happens. I have that on the horizon. I'm trying to make it happen. Oh, that's great. For Could some you... reason, like I can't, when it comes to like release shows, I don't know why. Like this me, like it's hard for me to do things simple sometimes when it's like we're like releasing a thing and I'm excited. The Egrets LP, when we released it, I did a whole art installation in a building. You know what Whoa. I mean? To like make it like a release show. Like there's that part of me that like, I think it's because I have played so many shows people make jokes because it's like egrets it's like we're playing every fucking night and it's like oh yeah you know what i mean like we're playing in the bathroom tomorrow night or whatever like i forget <laughs> so like there's jokes that people tell me about it but it's like you know have you, you ever played a show in a bathroom <laughs> no, uh, it's, it's terrible because it's all usually tiled so it just <laughs> the sound is terrible yeah it makes sense but because I've, like, played so many bars, mm. and it's probably, like, why also, outside of the energy, like, why we like house shows and shit like that, and, like, mm-hmm. DIY shit, and, like, playing in the L.A. River, because it's, like, how many times are you going to play a bar or the same venue, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think there's that part of me that just wants to do, like, something different, because it's, like, I don't know, because you can, you know? To make the energy happen. Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise it's, like, oh, this is what we do. We see the band at the bar. Yeah, like, yeah, it happens, like, it's so repetitive, you know? Yes, I, I do know. All right, cool. Cool. Yeah. We've been talking for a long time. How yeah. long has it been? Colton Culture is proudly sponsored by Earthquaker Devices. Planet, Planet B. B.